And welcome in to the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. Justin Hall, Dave Wilson here with you on a live edition of the Palmetto Family Matters podcast. So we thank you for watching on the Palmetto Family YouTube page. I almost said Facebook, not allowed today. YouTube page or on the Palmetto Family Council app or our website, palmettofamily.org. Thank you so much for joining us today. We don't have the bumper music for you, but that's okay. It's already in your head. You're, you're hearing already it. Stu- you're already stuck with it because... You're hearing it right we're now. We're hearing it in our heads right now. So, and so, um, and so in case you hear anything strange going on, welcome to live broadcasting. Correct. Uh, Dave, the way it is. I want to let you all know this is not a cold open. Um, yesterday was a pretty important day. Um, maybe you missed it or maybe you didn't care. Odds are if you're watching this podcast, you care. House Bill 5399, Dave, was up for debate yesterday, and eventually it was going to come to a vote. Now, we thought... I thought it was going to be... I thought they were maybe going to spend all day yesterday kind of talking, right? and then it would would come to a, a vote maybe today, but they took a major vote last night. Yeah. At, uh, at about 6.30 or so, mm-hmm. they, they took a significant vote. It was a set of procedural votes that was very interesting the way that, that the plan worked itself out. War, war games uh, might be a bit of an understatement, but understand, first of all, let's just start here. Before we get into the brass tacks of the bill, before we get into what exactly happened, understand that as of a third perfunctory vote today, right. the House will have passed the most significant ban on abortion in the history, of, well, recent history, of the state of South Carolina. That's true. Because Post in, row. In, in 1974, right. South Carolina legislature decided that, okay, Roe must be the law of the land now with the Supreme Court's decision. Therefore, they codified the elements of Roe into South Carolina it's law. It's like legal minds went dumb Ooh. in 74. So since 1988-89, it has been a significant kind of chomping away at the at the bit, so to speak, on these issues so that we finally got down to, in February of last year, the heartbeat bill, mm-hmm. which was signed by the governor right. almost immediately after it was passed, that basically said, if you have a, heart, a detectable heartbeat, it's the responsibility of the state of South Carolina to protect that life. And that got enjoined by the courts. Mm-hmm. Because the, of by, the precedent of Roe. But in the, in, the, in the courts in the federal system because right. of Roe. Well, the Dobbs decision comes down, significantly changes the landscape of everything because the, the Supreme Court basically said, we as a body overstepped our authority with Roe versus Wade. We're giving it back to the states where it actually belongs. And so now it has been given to the 50 state legislatures and governors to work through those issues in their individual states. That's why you have South Carolina that's working to pass a ban on abortion and California and New York who are wanting to become abortion vacation destinations. Right. You So as the ad hoc committee began to hear this, they took the testimony. We were there that day outside of the building handing out water to anyone who could possibly need water. Uh, by the way, debate is happening. Or they're they're talking right now on the floor. If you see us glancing down you, live, it's because we're actually watching. Representative Gilda, <clears throat> Representative Gilda Cobb Hunter, just Orange said bird. that separation of church and state is, and I'm quoting here, somewhere in the Constitution. Please, please, Representative Cobb Hunter, please, I will write you the check for a thousand dollars right now if you will show me the separation of church and state. I will make a personal contribution to your campaign. 
Oh, cool, Chris. I tell you what, right now, off camera, off camera, our, our director of outreach just gave us a hundred. I'll give you a hundred dollars cash right now. Right now, a hundred dollars of his money. Show, I'm like the president. Show me the constitutional separation of church and state. I don't normally have that much money in my pocket. <laughs> That's fair. He normally does. We'll it. give Mitch Prosser who's off camera on that one. But here's the we're thing: we're feeling good today. We are because there is no constitutional separation of church and just state. Just had to get that out. I can go through the whole thing with mm-hmm. what the, the conversation, the, the letter that was sent from Thomas Jefferson to the Danbury Baptist. If you would like to see it yourself, we'll provide it in a link on our website yeah. after the show. Or, today. or you could just I Google don't know, it Google yourself. it or Bing it, whatever they do whatever. nowadays, whatever your search go, engine, Duck, Duck, Go, uh, whatever it is. Anyway, the point is, um, they're but, debating. They're they're, they're talking they're on the floor this. right now. And and the thing that we're why we're here now is because two things have gone on. One, the heartbeat law was challenged by Planned Parenthood and the Greenville Women's Clinic, Yes, to the, the abortion providers in South Carolina, saying that it was a, a violation of privacy. There's a privacy clause in the South Carolina Constitution which guarantees you a right to privacy from search and seizure. They're going a little bit of a step beyond that, uh, trying to challenge based upon that particular uh, that particular line in our Constitution, whether that meets muster or not on this particular issue, is up to the justices. But the justices said, okay, well, we'll hold off then on on anything else. We're going to put heartbeat on pause until we have a chance to hear the case. Well, it was very interesting because if you were watching uh, on Monday, we had a mm-hmm. press conference. Senator Richard Cash was a part of that. He actually went to DHEC and said, give me the statistics Mm-hmm. of the number of abortions that take, have taken place in South Carolina versus the number of abortions that took place in South Carolina while the heartbeat law was in effect. Right. Did a comparison of the total number of, of abortions that took place. Here's the reality, folks. It dropped by 65%. And that's even, that and that drop of 65%, Dave, uh, we were having a conversation with... Uh, one of our friends uh, from Moment of Hope, Mark Baumgartner, right. they are out at Planned Parenthood here in Columbia nearly every day, but oh, yeah. certainly on abortion days. And he mentioned that there was actually a bit of an uptick at the beginning of heartbeat being in effect because there was a little bit of uncertainty of how the mechanism was going to work. Is gonna work. So even with an increase in those first couple of days with heartbeat in effect, the numbers still dropped by 65% right. over the totality of the duration now heartbeat is now enjoined or is now being stayed there's a suit and it stayed in the court right now which you would think gives a little bit of cause to pause. well some representatives thought that would give us cause to pause over this uh legislation however it's done the opposite effect it's done the opposite and i think it was intended to do the opposite that there needs to be a cleaner bill coming out of the state house that would pass constitutional muster right if challenged in the state supreme court now again really quick if this bill makes it through the senate and i fully expect it to and it's signed by the governor which i fully expect it to i still believe a lawsuit will be filed by planned parenthood and greenville women's clinic they'll challenge this they'll new law. challenge it based on probably a right to privacy um that won't work. Um, it just won't. Right. I, I, don't, I don't see how that happens. How that because, again, the constitutional muster here deals with how heartbeat was written. Three sentences, those have been struck from this new 
legislation, and one sentence is inserted, which cleans everything up, makes it nice and right. neat. The big discussion going into yesterday, Dave, is we got ready to, to start the debate yesterday. How was Speaker Merle Smith going to allow things to take place? Heavy gavel, light gavel, what's going to happen here? Uh, the playbook ran accordingly through the early part of the morning. Like when, okay, so just for what it's worth, football teams normally have their first 15 plays scripted. The first 15 plays that South Carolina runs on Saturday, odds are going to be scripted. They're going to run them no matter what, unless something drastic happens. Same thing here. Representative McCravey introduces the language as an amendment to be added to the bill. Right. Passed. That's the process for getting what all of that committee work was right. into the, the the version that the House could then debate. Then the second amendment was to strike those three sentences that were copy-paste from heartbeat. Yeah, the, the, the problematic language that they kind of gave some people some heartburn over at the Supreme Court over whether or not... There, there was a constitutionality question, so they dealt heart, with that. They dealt with the issue. Let's heartbeat, just heartbeat was a. Those three sentences <clears throat> could be construed as poorly written, based on if you pull the sentences away right. from one another. That amendment passes. Intel told me, and I'm breaking Adam Schefter here. Um, Intel, so Intel, according to sources, is, is Intel in the room? According to sources, there we go. Um, there was going to be another amendment, a third one, that would have been put up next. Right. Warning exceptions added to the bill, and exceptions being a rape and incest exception added. Right. That in, did happen. Right. So keep this part in mind. The question that keeps coming up, the three things that you always hear when it comes to abortion laws, rape, incest, and life of the mother. Rape, incest, life of the mother. It is that triumphant. It keeps getting brought up. This particular bill, 5399, already addressed the issues of life of the mother. was very specific in the yep. types of issues that medical professionals said need to be codified, put into state law, so that there are parameters in which they, they know that they can operate and do safely for the health of women. So this is a women's health care bill because it actually defines into state law the very specific things that allow for those types of medical procedures to take place legally. But, uh, never mind. I'm not going to get snarky yet. We'll wait on that. It's coming. <laughs> so then we had a series of events. I wouldn't call it a voterama necessarily. It was close to it. It was close to it. Close to it. Amendment yeah. after amendment after amendment. Now, here's, here's where I started to notice things were kind of strange. Republicans... We're putting forward amendments to add exceptions to the bill. Right. You had Representative Wooten, okay. Representative Caskey, Representative Gatch on multiple occasions. Right. Uh, Representative Magnuson was actually the other side of that, but he was <clears throat> offering amendments that kept getting voted down. What was interesting about the when amendments were put forward to add exceptions to the bill, Democrats joined with hardline conservatives and voted down the exceptions being added as amendments. Right. So you saw the strategy immediately in play by the Democrat side of the House, which was fracture them and then cut it off at the knees. Right, because in this particular case, when the Democrats vote with the Republicans and the Republicans are split on how they want to do something, 
it becomes very easy to see who's going to vote which way, how is this going to go, and then they can start to run the numbers, which is basically what they did. They ran the numbers to see where the, the split and the fractures were going to be because there were three basic groups that were in the state house in the Republican side yesterday. There were people who said, I'm not going to vote for a bill with exceptions. There was a group of people who said, I'm not going to vote for a bill without exceptions for rape and incest. And then there was a group of people in the middle who were just like, could we just get a vote and get this over and done with? And so they were really trying to figure out where those camps were, which was very interesting to watch. It was. Uh, by the way, as we bring you live updates from the State House, Representative Justin Bamberg currently sitting, uh, standing, I should say, in the well. Quote, if y'all believe all people are created equal, why don't we have a hate crimes bill? Why not more Medicaid? Well, you know, Representative, I, more government doesn't really help the problem. Anyway, we can we continue that, and we press continues on. continues on, that, that is the mantra of let's talk about why don't we do this, why don't we do this, why don't we do this. You've got an entire legislative session to be doing things. It is time to put together an agenda and figure out what you want to but, do and start Dave, doing it. But Dave... Uh, did you just put I did. I did. Democrats had a plan yesterday. Did they? Did this they actually? Heard. But this, did they this actually is, have this, a plan? I, uh, this is what they said. This yes. is uh, in in the recess. Okay, so we get to a point mm-hmm. where uh, Majority Leader Davy Hyatt calls for a recess. For a recess. Basically, that is not to go outside and play because they were already playing. This was um, before we vote <laughs> on the bill. We need we need to get together in the in in a room. And, and work sit down some things out. And work some things out between us. So the Republicans, I say retreat not in a negative connotation. They retreat back to, to Blot. Right. To the office buildings where, where committee meetings are held. The, the, the caucus gathers itself together sure. for the family to sit down together and figure out the what the family. family's going to do. The family. Okay. Uh, so they sit back there. Yes. Meanwhile, as they're strategizing, right. the Democrats take the opportunity. There's no one else in the House. Let's talk to the media. It was press conference afternoon. House Democrats, this from the state's Mayan Schechter. House Democrats slam Republicans for receding till 5.30 right as the chamber was getting ready to vote on the bill. After accidentally getting Representative Bernstein's name wrong, Representative Gilda Cobb-Hunter laughs, noting the long debate, adding, quote, I'm not used to Democrats having a plan. What? We'll leave that one alone. She also dismisses Republicans that are upset that they voted with some of the more conservative legislators to ensure rape incest exceptions weren't in the bill. Quote, it is so interesting to us that when Democrats have a strategy and carry it out, we are accused of playing games. Right. Democrats played their hand early. Their hand was, we will vote to keep exceptions off the bill and then... Hopefully, that will mean no exceptions are added to the bill, which means the people who want the exceptions will not vote for the bill. Either they'll vote it down, or they'll take a walk, or a phone call, or a potty break, and, and thereby kill the bill. Kill the bill. Right. That. Pardon. That is so dumb. You. Seriously. It's See, hold, like on, a, hold on. Hold it's on. Like hold on. Hold on. Running the ball up the center again and again no, and again and it's again. It's like it's. It you is. have Republicans that have yes. a super 
upper majority. So let's you have a majority in the House. Right. You have a majority in the Senate. You hold every constitutional office and all but one congressional seat. Yeah. You mean to tell me that they aren't going to get together at least for 15 minutes, make nice to vote on the bill that they want? Do you really do you really think that? Well, you, you you've got to understand it's a it's it, it Democrats aren't used to having a plan. I know. Okay, okay. So as long as you understand that part, but, we're fine. So we're so fine. Republicans go back into yes. the room. Now inside baseball, what's being talked about in the room? How's that conversation being handled? Then they come onto the floor. Mind you, I'm driving down I-26. I do not recommend this. this is, I'm driving down I-26 can, watching this. You can. You can listen to it. There you is an audio it. version. You, you can, can pop. You can, I to, you can I, well, let your voting. wife drive. She was coming from work. They were, they, oh, they okay. were voting. I needed to see the vote. Uh, anyway, the vote point yes. notwithstanding. Wow, I watched too much <laughs> yesterday. This is nerd prom. <laughs> uh, <just> saying. <laughs> so, so they come to the floor and they take the vote on the bill as is with no exceptions. And ooh. It does not pass. Not the vote you want. And immediately, Dave, what was my response as Mitch takes his $100 bill back <laughs> off the table? I was going to take that. I need gas. Uh, so The bill's dead. Was the your bills, fear? My, my text to these guys was, the bill just died. And good thing I have people who walk me back <laughs> off the ledge. <laughs> because otherwise you would have been off of a cliff off of 26. I was, I was, I was, getting, I was getting close to an overpass. There you go. The there point, are guardrails there for that reason. Mm, just saying. Guardrails. The mm. point is... The point is, we're not used to doing this live. This is fun. The point, the point is, then there's a motion, and remind me, sir, who raises this point that that representative? Okay, so so there there is a rule that if you vote on the prevailing side, which means the when the vote comes down, the winners of the vote, if you voted on the winning side of the vote. You can call for a revote, and sometimes this is used as a procedural move to test the to do a test balloon, so to speak, on an issue. So, Representative Weston Newton, out of Beaufort County, the vote comes up, the bill dies. It appears the votes are totally weighed against it. Immediately, Representative Newton raises his hand. Speaker Pro Tem Tommy Pope says, Mr. Newton, for what purpose do you rise? And he says, having voted on the prevailing side, I ask for the bill to be reconsidered. So here's what that basically breaks down to tell you. We were basically trying a trial vote, see how the numbers were going to turn around and go. I voted with the other guys real quick. Because I voted with the other guys, let's have a recount. And that's what they did. There was a procedural move after procedural move by the Democrats to try to stop it, to table the to table that, to table the motion to be able to do that, all of these different things. Republicans stayed true to what they were going to be doing. The pro-life community stayed true to what they needed and said they were going to be doing. They got it back up. They added an amendment. That's when they added the amendment to the bill, which was to say... And we have that here on your screen. Let me go ahead and put that up for you. Here, it, it's a little bit hard to read because it's a lot of language here. Right. But the exception is always life of the mother has been in the bill. As we've discussed on multiple occasions, right. and I'm surprised more people don't know that. Including some people of the media who read the bill. You're here. 
to cover the news, read people the who cover the news understand. Can I just can I just put up a, a trial balloon here? Are you going to vote on the prevailing side? People, yes. Okay. People who give you the news don't read the legislation. Doesn't that seem to be a bit of a problem? So if you don't read the legislation, what viewpoint are you giving? I just want to throw that out there. So there's always been exception for the life of the mother. Right. They added there's an exception for those who are pregnant by cause of rape or incest within the first 12 weeks right. of conception <clears throat> and the provider of the abortion must provide there has to be a reporting mechanism right there has to be a report filed we talked about in this that case. we talked about this earlier this week let's talk about Let's talk about rape and incest real quick, okay? A, Words you don't a, expect to hear on a Wednesday. No, you don't. A, a sexual assault crime committed against an unwilling person. Right. Now, on the rape side, that could be an adult with an adult. It could be an adult with a child. Yes. On the incest side, that is unwanted sex of an adult with a child family member there's a problem with that in both of these instances there is a crime that is being committed that crime needs to be dealt with in the fullest extent of the law there should never be a time when that information is not reported to law enforcement so that that perpetrator can then meet justice that's an important thing to keep in mind on this front. Now, statistically, if a person is raped or there is incest, there is a possibility that that person, that woman, that child, that girl, could get pregnant. Biologically, that can happen. Yes. And so what they're saying now is, with this exception, is if there is rape or incest included, the law would then allow for an abortion to take place up to the 12th week of pregnancy. And in that particular case, then, that would have to be followed up with a report to law enforcement so law enforcement can actually deal with the crime that took place. That took place. Really quickly, the House, they come back in for the original vote on House 5399 with no exceptions. It falls in a vote of 4755. The vote to reconsider was 7137. Interesting. The vote to reconsider was 71 to 37. So that basically says this. Every Republican. Every Republican came back over and said, hey, listen, we're going to we're going to do this vote over again. So there were certain members, so mathematically, there are 81 Republicans, there are 43 Democrats mm-hmm. in the South Carolina House of Representatives. Some members were absent yesterday. Some members had leaves of absence because of medical reasons, family reasons. Some members just didn't vote. Didn't vote from a conscience standpoint. So what you need to do is you need to look at you need to look at the journal, look from the beginning and see who was given leave. Right. One of those being Representative Richie Yao, by the way, who lost his brother right. yesterday shortly before the vote. So if you could keep Representative Yao in your prayers, that'd be, um, I'm sure, greatly appreciated yeah. by his family. Uh, very tough day for him. There were other members who were excused due to medical reasons. So the vote was 71-37 to reconsider the bill. Then Democrats, our, our good, our, our good um, Representative Bamberg, who also just said that no one is pro-abortion, 
uh, and he's still in he the well. Still, he is still at the well. I'm watching he's, right now. He he's, is still. They're in. Wait, just so that you know, because you're watching and this is live, they are having a time period of final debate on gripe, the bill. It's gripe session time. It allows both sides to have an hour's basically an hour's worth of talk on this issue. Ten minutes at a time. Perfunctory vote afterwards. Goes back and forth, back and forth. The final vote on the bill will take place today. Don't expect it to be much different than the version that there was last night, which was 68-37. Mm-hmm. So this this is where expect this to, to go through. This is as much of a time of anything to allow legislators to stand up and just say their piece. Campaign. And campaign. Um, so... Democrats tried to get it remanded back to judiciary. Representative Bamberg at that point said that the process of voting in the judiciary was not in accordance to parliamentary procedure, which, <laughs> whatever, uh, that failed. Shock, I know. Well, um, uh, again, again, <laughs> then you see, as this is happening, I'm going, I thought you had a plan. I here's, thought you had a plan. But here's the interesting part on that. and I love the ruling that came down from President Pro Tem Tommy Pope because he turns around and he says, We've been debating on this bill on the floor all day. You've spoken on this bill. And you wait until now. And you wait until to, now yeah. to be able to say something. So they invoke cloture. Right. They have to vote the votes to invoke cloture, um, which I, I'm going through. Thanks, Mayan. I'm going through her Twitter feed. And, and at this point, 17 hours ago, sector. SC House has invoked cloture, cutting off amendments. Republicans appear to have some strategy going. You think maybe Ba-da-da. that's what the recess session Da-da-da. There you go. So they, they vote to invoke cloture, and then the speaker says two amendments were brought to the desk during the motions. What? Wait a, yeah, you wait can, a second. You can do that. You can. There's a time so, period at which yeah, amendments can be brought yeah. to the desk. So then Representative Gilgatch back up to the, to the well, proposing a rape incest exception up to 12 weeks with reporting requirements. It passed on voice vote. Here's the interesting... Not a, not a roll not call Not a roll vote. call vote. So here's what you need to understand about that. Ooh, ah. Here is the, the, the deep, dark, inside politics on this. <laughs> you do a voice vote so that a bill can pass, but you don't have a record on how somebody pr- voted in particular. Mayan, Mayan backs up Dave here, or Dave backs up Mayan, depending on your perspective. By doing it I'm with a, a voice older. vote... That's fair. Those... No offense, Mayan. Th- those... 20-ish Republicans who said they wouldn't vote for a bill with exceptions don't have to put a vote on the board. Right. That, I mean, I mean, she's going from that, but that's true. It's true. You don't have to put your name on that now. You're, you're, uh, because there, were, there were plenty of people there, there, again, let's go back to the, to the groups that we had. We had a group of probably 20 members yep. who said if there are exceptions on the bill, I can't vote for it. Now, there were some who still didn't. There were 25 who turned around and said, you know what? If there are no exceptions on the bill, I don't know if I can vote for it. So now we go into the final vote. So once those are added, now we get a final vote. Here is how the vote count went. It's on your screen right now. There is your vote count. Now, again, I will just... Uh, not very many surprises here, given the exceptions were, were put on the bill. Right. Dave, uh, you had... Uh, Representative Caskey, who said he would vote 
for a bill with exceptions. He voted yes. Uh, he voted yes. Representative Neil Collins said the same thing. He voted yes. I'll give it to Representative um, Stuart Jones out of Lawrence County. He said, you know, I cannot in good conscience vote on a bill that has exceptions. And he he took a walk. He walked. You had so, so as you're looking at the screen right now, let's help you understand this. People who voted yes for the bill are in green. People who voted no are in red. By the way, by the end of the debate, they were saying they weren't saying vote yes or no. They were saying vote red or green. <laughs> right. It's, it's kind of at that point. But there are certain folks who are on here, some of whom the white the white lettered uh, members that are on the screen here are either members who were absent or chose not to vote. So that does not necessarily mean that Shannon Erickson, who you see on here in the second column where it says Erickson, it does not mean that she you know, didn't want to take a vote on the bill. She was actually she absent, was absent yesterday, however, as was Representative Rita Allison. However, Representative Stuart Jones took a walk. Because he said, I cannot in good conscience vote for a bill. He was not going to vote against it, but because Correct. he believes in, in having no exceptions... He did the thing that's the, yep. that needed to be done to vote his conscience. And another one, uh, Representative Ann Thayer. Ann Thayer Same. voted yes for the bill previous to this one. Right. In the, in the vote just before this one, she voted yes for no exceptions. When it came time to vote for this bill with exceptions, she had to take a walk or take a phone call. Somebody right. needed her in the lobby. Right? Uh, so, I... I encourage people to vote their conscience. Right. At the end of the day, you don't answer to me. No. You're not my representative. Mm-hmm. Um, I expect our elected officials to vote their conscience in correlation and in conjunction with what their constituents want. Right. And we um, heard, and we heard that yesterday. And we heard that. We heard that from Representative Patrick Haddon. We who said, we "I will not vote for a bill with exceptions." And and we heard that. And we heard the no. flip side of it from Representative Nathan Ballantyne. and he said abundantly clearly, "I." representing my constituents. I have heard from my constituents. My constituents are fine with a ban on abortion with exceptions. He voted with his constituents. That is a republic form of government that we operate in here in South Carolina and in America as a whole. This is the place where we tell you all the time, if you want to let your representatives vote on an issue that is where you're coming from. They want to know your voice, or you want them to know your viewpoint. Right. You need to let them know. Right. You need to make the phone call. You need to send the email because they actually do listen to you. They do. Now, really quickly, another update from the floor. Uh, Representative Bamberg has decided that he wants to let us know about how taxis are done. There There isn't a single taxi in Bamberg, Barnwell, or Allendale County. I will say this from Justin Bamberg's standpoint. Yeah. He's talking in this particular case yep. about the fact that getting access to health care is difficult for some people who do not have a vehicle to be able to get to places. That's across the board. It not only can happen in Bamberg and Allendale and... Sometimes and, it takes an ambulance 45 minutes to get to somebody right. in Lexington County of all places. Right. And so it, it is... There are issues that need to be dealt with and addressed. This is not the bill for that. Correct. Correct. I agree with you 100%. Now, the bill passes. There are exceptions. Breathe out. 12 weeks. So that's where things are. Now, we're going into Labor Day weekend. Hope you enjoy your college football this weekend. (laughs) 
Justin. Based on the fact, based on the fact that I know what's coming on Tuesday, I will. So Labor Day is on Monday. You Tiger fans, you got Georgia Tech in Atlanta. Oh, tough matchup for you. Um, says the guy whose team plays Georgia State. Uh, anyway, the point is, yes. Tuesday we're coming back. Tuesday, the, September sixth, and the Senate returns. Right. Um, the deliberative body, this House of Representatives, no, the Senate returns on Tuesday. They're not taking up a different bill. They're taking this one. Right. And they have said all along, 5399 is the vehicle we're going to use to be able to address the issues that need to be done. By the end of the day today, they're still going at it. We've been on with you now for about 33 minutes. Mm -hmm. They are still on the floor. They're still debating. I think that's Jermaine Johnson up there right now. It is. um, Who's actually sharing his thoughts and ideas. So when we look at that, we're, we're... going to have debate that's going to be continuing on. We've finished the final vote today. Yeah. The Senate, though, is expected to come in on Tuesday. They've been called back in for that. So as they do that, they're going to come back and they're going to pick up this bill just like any other time they've picked up a bill. They have already had hearings on this. Give it to Senator Danny Verdon out of Lawrence, who is the chair of the Medical Affairs Committee. He actually already had hearings to hear from the public on this so that this could be expedited and moved along. It was very similar to what the ad hoc committee did, Justin. You remember mm-hmm. the ad hoc committee heard from the public. Yeah, they did some kind of unconstitutional hearing yeah. where everyone was able to give the testimony. Where people, the public could come in and speak and, and share their thoughts and ideas. So anti-democratic. So they, they, oh, my word. There, Those are the arguments, folks, that we hear. This is what people call us and text us and talk to us about to say, hey, listen, this isn't right, this isn't fair. The reality is they had public hearings on it. They Correct. heard. Correct. So the Senate has now done that. The Senate's going to get the bill. You can be guaranteed the committee is going to pick up that bill on Tuesday morning. I guess they're coming in around 10 o'clock. They're going to have a hearing on the bill. I'm I, sure that'll pass out of committee. Probably pretty quick. I'd imagine. And then it's going to end up going to the floor. The Senate is expected to be in the chamber on Tuesday afternoon. Expect that debate to go Tuesday into Wednesday, maybe Thursday. We said the same thing about the House. We did say the same thing about the House. Could the Senate move as quickly as the House? I actually think in this particular case, Justin, the Senate could move faster than the House or as fast as the House. And one of the reasons why for that is the big hang-up that many senators had was the exceptions rule. For rape and incest. Specifically one very important senator. So that ended up being a place where I think with that now being added in, there's a block of probably 10 to 12 Republican senators who are probably wiping their brow right now because they're realizing we don't have to have that part of the debate. Do I think that there'll be some folks who will then turn around and try to undo that part of it? Possibly. I think the big thing is the Senate wants to get in, get out, and get this done with. The governor wants this in, out, and done with. The governor, so, the governor so would like to put pen, the governor would like to put pen to paper to shore up some things for November. Right. Um, because the longer this there was a bit on, of a, there was a bit of an issue right. yesterday with that. But we will get into that today. Right. We'll save that for Friday. Sure, we will. the The issue here is how quickly does the Senate move? And exceptions have been added already. Mm-hmm. I. I could foresee this passing out of committee, like you said, very quickly. But I could also, I think on both sides you have issues with some senators who might want to try to strike the exceptions 
and then some who will try to stiffen the exceptions, and then some who will try to kill the thing altogether. Right. And then, again, you're at a three-pronged approach in the Senate, right. just like you were in the House. The House is probably more like five or six. But it, it's going to be about a three-pronged approach that starts to take place next Tuesday. And because of that, we'll be back here, I'm sure, early next week. Yes, we will. To talk about that. But I want to remind you, first, thank you for tuning in to watch the fastest-growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina. We appreciate you we appreciate this fact doing so. Especially while we're doing this one live today. Yeah, on the app, on right. the website, and on our YouTube page, because Zuckerberg's Zuckerberg. So we're, we're doing that on those platforms, so we appreciate you tuning in and watching us on those platforms. This podcast will be available for you in short order on Facebook and wherever you get your audio podcast for you to be able to listen into us. In fact, we are very close in the month of August to setting a new high for listens to the podcast in a month. That so doesn't even count you. the people who are watching, who are viewing on Facebook. Correct. That, that's just audio only. Audio only. Um, so we encourage we you to that. like, share, let your friends know about this, subscribe to our YouTube page, make sure you download the Palmetto Family Council app, which I'm sure you've done. I'm saying this for the people who weren't exactly able to watch this at their desk this morning. But again, I want to wrap up really quickly by saying thank you to those of you who came out on Monday to pray for our yeah, legislators. Um, I want to thank you for taking the time. People. 100 people. On a Monday afternoon. At about 4.30. 4.30. Praying for every single representative in the room. I think most representatives could say they certainly felt that. I will also say there are plenty of people who, and I'm just going to leave this here, he can pick it up if he wants to. There are plenty of people who feel you don't deserve to be on that floor. It's really interesting because, <clears throat> Justin, I've talked with my colleagues in other states, the other presidents and executive directors of family policy councils from across the country. Um, we have something really special here in South Carolina. We have good relationships that we have developed over time. Um, we work really well with our legislature, um, and I'm very grateful for all 170 members who are in there. Whether I agree with you or not agree with you personally yep. or professionally on issues, I appreciate every single one of you who takes the time to serve our state. Don't get me wrong, there will be days when we will go head-to-head, -head and that's perfectly fine. That's part of the way that this country is designed to work. Mm -hmm. I think the biggest thing that we had the privilege of being able to do Monday was actually to go onto the House floor. You can only do that if there is a legislator a president, present right. who, and, will, uh, who will allow and it. They and invited, they invited us onto the floor. But we had people walking through the chamber, praying through the chamber for the vote and the debate that was going to be going on the next day, bathing that room in prayer. And you may be one of those folks who's like, okay, that's really nice and sweet and everything. Or you may be that person who says, you know what? I wasn't able to get to Columbia, but I was there praying with you in spirit. God moves in ways that we will never be able to understand. I go back, and, and when, we, when we had the folks there, the story comes from, I think it's 1 Kings. 2 Second Kings. Second Kings, thank you. The story of Elisha. And he's got his servant there with him, and, and they're surrounded by the enemy. And he seems not to have a care in the world. And the young man looks at Elisha and he says, 
what's going on here? And Elisha prays to God that God would open up his eyes for him to be able to see reality. And his spiritual eyes were opened up and he, he looked back outside and realized that surrounding them not only was the enemies surrounding them, but surrounding the enemies was the host of heaven's armies right there, outnumbering them by droves. And the young man was like, oh, I see. I can see now what you're doing. That's what happens when you pray. When you take the time to pray with us, whether you're able to come to the state house or you're not able to come to the state house, or wherever we might be having a time, this is your opportunity to step into and be a part of the work that God's doing. We prayed that God would open up the eyes of the men and women in that house yesterday. And he did. And he worked in ways that we could not have expected. Right. As a matter of fact, there are times when we were watching it going, oh my gosh, is this getting ready to fall itself apart? But no, God had his hand over the whole thing. And part of that is because you took the time to pray. Now, that matters. Now, we won't get into the... Actually, we'll get into the response at another time. Because I, I, I really, really want to talk about the response from some people to the idea of people simply praying for people, uh, which I find interesting. Make sure to watch the Palmetto Family Matters podcast or listen on Friday. The president is speaking on Thursday night. Ooh, don't you have something else to do Thursday? Go okay, watch college football, you do. Oh, okay. Um, but the president so, is, is speaking. Who's What's playing? more enjoyable? Yes. Watching two service academies throw the ball or President Biden speak? Oh, I'm going to go with two surface academies throwing the ball. Um, the president is going to speak on how he's continuing to unify and unite the country by <laughs> calling half the country fascist. I look forward to that. Yes. We'll break down the definition of fascism, Absolutely. what that means, what the president said, or, well, probably, what they tried to say. Well, the teleprompter, then, well, the teleprompter wanted, wanted him, him to, say, to say. Again, it, best so the part, corrected version may be even better. Best part of any best part of any President Biden speech is reading the transcript after it's done because the strike and inserts are just wonderful. Yes, they are. We will discuss President Biden's speech. We'll discuss what it means. We'll also talk about the reaction to you exercising your First Amendment rights inside the state capitol. And I promise you, you're gonna love what they had to say about you. We'll do all of that on the Friday edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast. But we thank you for watching today's again. Big news out of the state of South Carolina. It's going to a third vote here shortly. Perfunctory. I can say with pretty 100% confidence, South Carolina's House is passing the largest, most complete ban right. on abortion since Roe v. Wade in the state of South Carolina. It's heading to the Senate, and it's one step closer to saving thousands of lives in the state of South Carolina. And that, my friends, makes it a great day in South Carolina. And as we begin to move beyond this point, this is not the end. It is the beginning of the work that's needing to be done. So we'll talk more about that as we get a little bit further along after the bill is passed and signed by, by the governor. Probably by the end of September. I would expect For so. Kevin Cayello, Mitch Prosser, Dave Wilson, our entire team here at Palmetto Family Council, we thank you so much for watching and listening to this live edition of the fastest growing conservative podcast in the state of South Carolina and darn near the eastern side of the Mississippi River. Y'all have a great day.